Welcome to another episode of the Hoop Talk Podcast by fans for fans. I'm Ryan. There's my guy, Jalen. What's up, everybody? This podcast is where we discuss all things basketball. So expect a lot of hot takes, debates, and a true display of basketball knowledge. Let's get right into it. Our topic today is our HBCU Spotlight. So today we're going to look at six HBCU basketball programs, and we're going to see how they're doing this season, discuss their progress at this point in the season. So Jalen, let's talk about Morgan State first of all. Morgan State has four players averaging in the double digits in terms of scoring. What are the chances that Morgan State joins March Madness? Bro, honestly, I think they have a pretty realistic chance. You know, there's a lot that they have to get through. There's another team on the docket that we're going to talk about, NCANT, that also could pose a serious threat to them as well at the top of that same conference, being the Mideastern. But Morgan State is second in the conference right now, 6-2 and two in conference play, 11-4 overall with a 5-3 and three home record and 6-1 and one away record, which is the best record in the conference on the road. And guess what? They're the only they're the only team besides Norfolk State in their conference with a winning with a winning record on the road and it's way better than Norfolk State's cuz theirs is 4 and 3 Morgan State's is 6 and 1 can't mess with that so that's one of those things where i think that Morgan State could really make a play but what I want you to do, Ryan, is I want you to go into some of these guys that you had mentioned beforehand in terms of the double-digit scoring and kind of elaborate on what you've seen so far from these guys. So let's start with Troy Baxter Jr. He's averaging close to 17 points a game and close to five rebounds. He leads the team in blocks, and he's shooting 46% from the, from the field, 35% from three. He only has two games this season where he's scored in the single digits. He also has five 20-plus point games this season. The next guy, Deterion Ware, who's averaging 15 points and five rebounds, as well as over a steal a game. He's shooting 42% from the field, 39% from three. He has two 30-point games, 30, 30 points and 10 rebounds, a double-double against Norfolk State, 36 points against Delaware State. Malik Miller, a guy who I mentioned was an unsung hooper on the HBCU unsung hooper edition. He's averaging close to 14 points a game, close to nine rebounds, two steals and a block. He's shooting close to 55% from the field, and he's shooting 35% from three. He had a huge game in their last game against Delaware State, 19 points, 17 rebounds, two blocks, three steals. And Lagio Granson, who's averaging close to 11 points a game and four rebounds, he's shooting 55% from the field, 42% from, th- from three. And he had a 15 and 10 double double against Coppin State. He also had 21 points against Delaware State. I think the interesting thing, though, Jalen, is that Morgan State is in the top 15 in the entire NCAA in scoring offense, 82.1 points per game. So we'll see if they can keep that, that statistic up as they play their final games of the season. Yeah, man. And I think that's the most interesting stat um, when you look across the board, because that's one of those things that's extremely unprecedented when you talk about the overall landscape of the NCAA in terms of teams, because you always would think that the power five conferences would be the occupying majority of that space. Um, Something else that I also think is pretty important when we're looking at 
what's going on with this team in particular, they're in terms of in, in conference play, they're first in the conference in scoring with 85.1 points per game. They're first in the conference in assists per game with 16.4. They're first in the conference with 42 rebounds per game. And then they're first in field goal attempts, first in three-point attempts. They are hoisting shots up, creating possessions, sharing the basketball, putting the ball in the hoop. They're not the most, they're not the greatest defensive team. They're about a middle of the pack team defensively within their conference, about fit anywhere between fifth and eighth in all defensive categories within the conference. But offensively, they're one of the most potent offenses in the MEAC. And honestly, I think it's one of those things where with that kind of offensive firepower, they have the chance to be a serious threat. And I think within their own conference tournament, they are probably the biggest threat to NCA and T and maybe NCAT should feel threatened by Morgan State. The next HBCU we're going to talk about is another Maryland school, Coppin State. Jalen, do you believe that this team has has the chance to possibly make the NCAA tournament? So this one's a little bit more rough. This one is definitely on the on the back end of the spectrum. It's going to have a lot to do with how they run the table, how they perform in the tournament within their own conference because really I feel like winning your conference tournament for teams like these in conferences like these is your only real ticket punch your only real ticket to you know the NCAA tournament it's the only way to punch your ticket with all the teams that we talk about today it's really going to come down to whether or not they can win their conference tournament that's going to be the big thing and I think that Coppin State has the ability to do that but there's a couple of things that are not in their favor two and nine on the road Definitely not a great sign for them. The other thing is that they're six and four in conference play. Those are two things that I think are going to be very huge down the stretch for them, because I think it's really important to note that with everything that's going on right now, those road wins are also counting as value wins in today's unprecedented times. Those are valuable wins, regardless of what teams you're playing against considering circumstances about having players in and out to, uh, in and out of lineups and things of that uh, things of that nature. So I think that it's going to be really important to see how they go about their business for the rest of the season. Um I mean, I'm going to let you go into the players a little bit and I'll kind of follow up with some of the uh statistical categories that they kind of met, but uh where do you stand on some of the guys that have been playing at a really high level? I know Anthony Tark and Dewan Clayton, my homeboy, are definitely at the top of the list on this one. Well, I would say Anthony Tark, Dewan Clayton, and Kobe Thomas. I think these are three guys that can really make a difference for this Coppin State basketball team. Let's start with Tark. He's an all-around player for this team, and he gets it done on both sides of the floor. He put up back-to-back 22-point games against Duke and George Washington. He had 34 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 4 blocks, and 4 steals against UNC Greensboro. And there were two times this season where he put up back-to-back streaks of double doubles there the first time was against Delaware state and twice against Morgan state. And then the second time was against Norfolk state and twice again against and twice again against Morgan state. He's also had multiple games where he has four or five blocks or four or five steals a game. And the second game against Delaware state, he had five blocks and six steals. Another guy I want to talk about is Dewan Clayton. And Jalen, you mentioned Dewan Clayton on one of the Unsung Hooper episodes. I believe it was one of our first Unsung Hooper episodes. And, and he's averaging 15 points a game, five assists, just under two steals. 
He's shooting close to 37% from the field, close to 31% from three. He's had a couple of big games for them. He had a couple of three or four steal a game, or he had, he had a couple of games where he's had three or four steals. He had 32 points against Delaware State. He had back-to-back 20-point games against Norfolk State as well. And then Colby Thomas, the third guy that I mentioned, averaging close to 13 points a game and six rebounds and a steal and a half a game. He's shooting close to 41% from three. He had a double-double against Norfolk State. And Coppin State, I, I, State overall has a tough road ahead if they want to make the tournament. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this team, one of their calling cards really is defensive rebounding. They're first in the conference in that third in scoring with 79.4 points per game within the conference play. And then the other thing they touch on that I think might be their most important asset so far this season is their first in free throw attempts. And I think that that's something that's going to be really important moving forward, because like you said beforehand, they have a really tough road ahead. And with that, means they're going to have to convert from the free throw line. Now, unfortunately, as a team, they're shooting 66.3% from the free throw line within conference play. That's fourth in the conference, which is not good. It's going to make it really hard to close games. That's honestly one of the things that I think is hurting them significantly is not converting at the free throw line because they create that contact and they play downhill and definitely are getting the calls. Like I said, they're getting 30.9 free throw attempts per game. So the, the, the calls are there. The thing now is coming down to them being able to convert. And then these bigger games that are going to have a lot more meaning behind them as we get closer to the conference tournament, it's going to be really important for them to start knocking those things down because otherwise these teams are not playing with them and these teams are not going to leave anything on the line and they can't be leaving points at the line either. So moving on now to our third team in Grambling. Jalen, do you believe that there is one true star on this team or do you believe that this is a team effort for them to win games? So this one is tricky too, because I see why you mentioned the idea of the one true star thing, because there's nobody that necessarily stands out in a significant way. Cam Kristen is obviously the guy who might come to someone's mind when you think of the fact that he's their leading scorer with 12.5 points per game, 5.0, uh, five, uh, five rebounds per game, but nearly a, uh, assist in a, a half a game. But honestly, I do feel as though this is kind of a team effort situation. I feel as though this is a team that, I don't know, Grambling is tricky, man. Grambling is in a really tricky situation in terms of where I could stand on them as a true NCAA competitor. If we look at at the way things have gone, they haven't lost a game since January 18th uh, or since January 23rd, excuse me, against Jackson State. Since then, they've had a bit of a three-game, uh, three to four-game stretch, and they've got a game tomorrow against Texas Southern that's going to really help them. So they're they're trending in the right direction right now with the fact that they're on a four-game streak with the Alcorn State being their most recent win, 67 to 62. But I don't know, man. I just don't feel like there's anybody that necessarily stands out significantly for this team, and maybe that's one of their biggest things that's going to hurt them moving forward is that they don't have a definitive guy to go to and in conference play I think that's going to be pretty important I want to say Cam Kristen is that guy especially as one of the senior leader guards for their team but it just goes to wonder like how effective can they really be against some of these teams that definitely have more talented players across the board well I can see why you choose Cam Kristen as the guy that you think could be the star he's averaging 12 and a half points a game five rebounds he's shooting 44 percent from the field He's had a couple of good games, 17 points against Missouri Valley State. Uh, he also had 10 points against Southern in a huge win 
for Grambling. I kind of think that this is a situation much like Clemson. I kind of used the Clemson example where I feel like this team, even though they don't have a true star, it may work to their benefit. I think that this is a team that could easily fly under the radar and possibly make the NCAA tournament. I do think it's going to have to come down to guys like Cam Kristen. I think Cameron Woodall and Prince Moss are two guys I think also have to step up as well. I like Prince Moss mainly because he's a very exceptional defender. And I think that being as skilled of a defender as Moss is, I think would really benefit this team as well. And then Cameron Woodall, even though he's only averaging eight points a game, he's shooting close to 44% from the field, shooting only 33% from three. Like I said, I don't think that this is a team that really has one true star. I think they have other guys that step up in different ways. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have a little bit of a tough climb ahead in terms of being able to get past Jackson State and Prairie View. They're seven and three in the conference, nine and eight overall with a four and three home record, even Steven five and five on the road. So there's a lot to be desired. But I think one of the biggest things that's going to be their calling card going into the rest of the season is the fact that we know they live and die by paint touches. They live and die by the mid range, getting dunks, things in transition because they're 40, they, they're fourth in the in their conference in two-point field goal percentage, 47.2% in that area. They're second in the conference in two-point attempts with 40.7. So this is a team that loves to be in that little painted area, loves to be within 14, 15 feet within the basket. They're getting a lot of the stuff around there. They're 10th in three-point attempts. If DeMar DeRozan was a team, this would be their team, like essentially speaking, in terms of the transition between taking mid-range shots and being a team that definitely wants to put the ball in the basket from deep. Unlike teams like Morgan State, like we mentioned earlier, this is a team that definitely plays more more so inside out than outside in. And I think that's going to be something that could hurt them in the long run. But again, I think there's a lot left to be desired. And I think that this gives them some space to also improve. So the next team we're going to be talking about is Prairie View, and they currently sit at 7-4, and four, and they're undefeated in their conference at 6-0. and oh. Jalen, what do you think Prairie View has to do in order to make the NCAA tournament? Man, ward off Jackson State, who's on their butts right now. They're 6-0 and oh in the conference as well, and they're a game back. Prairie View 7-4, and four, Jackson State is 6-5. and five. Other than that, everything else kind of looks up in their favor. I mean, their home record, 4-0 versus Jackson State's 2-0 record at home. The away record is where things get tricky, but it's not really that different. The away record for Prairie View is 2-3, Jackson State's is 4-5. They're almost practically identical teams with Jackson State just being one one game behind. So I think that's really one of the biggest things is they're going to have to be able to ward off Jackson State and the fact that that's their really that's really their biggest threat overall in terms of what you know what's going on with that conference in particular i think one of the other things to touch on too is the fact that i just man look cam mack and jeremiah gambrell are some robbers bro like some full-blown stealers pick your pocket run away with it they're both averaging two steals per game on top of the fact that they're both averaging double digits mac is averaging 14.4 points per game jeremiah grambles averaging just under 12 points per game with 11.9 these guys man like i said thoroughbred robbers 
Jeremiah Granville is probably the better three-point shooter out of the two. He's shooting 35.6% from three as opposed to Matt, who's shooting just under 27% from three. Yikes, that's nasty. But let me tell you, this is a team that looks really good right now. I wish that Cam Matt could be on the floor a little bit more because he's a guy who hasn't even played in all of their games so far this year. He's only played in like eight of like the 11 or so that they've played. So I think that that is going to be pretty huge. But we also have to touch on the fact that they're first in the conference in points per game. 74.7. First in the conference in steals. That's because they got some robbers on that team, like I mentioned before. First in assists. So they're sharing the ball around, which I think is huge because of the fact that this is a team that, because they don't shoot the three particularly well, I think that that's one of the bigger things where being able to get ball movement, creating shots through moving the ball around is going to be very huge for them. And then I think the other thing that's super important as well is that they're first in the conference in field goal percentage with almost 50% shooting in conference play. So I think that's one of those things that's going to be really beneficial to them as well. And I feel like we have to mention the improvement of two players. You mentioned uh, Jeremiah Gambrell. Jeremiah Gambrell last season averaged 1.3 points and one rebound in 23 games. You want to talk about a major step up. He went from averaging 1.3 points a game to close to 12 points a game, three rebounds, two steals, and two assists a game. He also improved in uh, shooting from the field and shooting from three. And he's had a couple of big games this year, 19 points in a win against Missouri Valley State. 23 points against Arkansas Pine Bluff, 18 points in a win against Alabama AM. And we know how talented Alabama AM is, especially with Jalen Johnson. So that was a huge win for Prairie View. Another guy you actually didn't mention was Jawan Daniels, who is another guy who's had significant improvement. If you look at what happened last year, he only played three games last year, he averaged zero points. This year, he's another guy who stepped up for this team, 11 points a game, close to five rebounds, close to an assist a game, under a steal a game, and he's had a couple of big games as well. In the most recent game against Alcorn State, 14 points and eight rebounds, he was shooting 50% from the field in that game. And then you mentioned Cam Mack, who I believe is one of the best players in the conference, 14 points a game, eight and a half assists a game, three rebounds shooting 41.7% from the field. Jalen, I know we mentioned this with a lot of players. I think we're going to have to say it again. What are the two words that we like to describe basketball players? Who is bucket getters? You already know. Let's talk about Cam Mack as a bucket getter. Just looking at his statistics for this season, one game where he has not put up double digits. He has three double-doubles this season, 14 and 10 at the beginning of the season, and a loss to Washington State. 12 and 9, another close double-double, or another chance at a double-double against in the win against Missouri Valley State. 15 and 9, going backwards, actually, to the win at Texas Southern. 24 points against Alcorn State in their most recent game. He had double-double in that game, 24 and 10 assists. And then 15 points and 12 assists, Against Alabama AM, I talked earlier about how huge that win was. I think with Prairie View, they have to rack up more of these wins, especially in conference, because you mentioned the margin for error 
is very small in this conference. And I think that the pressure is on for Prairie View to make sure that they, they win, win all their games to close out the season and that they finish out the season strong so that they can make the NCAA tournament. This is the time for them to win these games. And, bro, I think that the fact that you used the word pressure, it was the perfect alley-oop to where I'm going to go about this because, honestly, you're talking about the bucket-getting aspect, but you know I got to switch up to the straps. You know that these guys pull their shorts up and are about that action on the defensive end as well. They're first in opponents' points per game in the conference, holding opponents to 54 points flat in the conference. They don't foul. They're second, they're, they're, they're first in, obviously, first in the conference enforcing steals. They're one of the better teams in terms of holding opponents down from the three-point line. They're second in the conference, holding opponents to 28.7% from three, which I think is huge. And from two, they're holding teams to 43.3%, which is not as great, but still a relatively good number with them being fifth in the conference. And then overall, they're first in holding teams to low field goal attempts. They're first with teams only attempting less than 47 shots per game. So this is a team that straps up, limits possessions, tries to elongate the game, as or tries to shorten the game, my apologies, tries to shorten the game as much as possible, create as many opportunities for themselves while limiting the amount of opportunities for the other team. And I think that although they have a couple bucket getters on the squad, I think with the fact that they aren't one of the better three-point shooter t- shooting teams in the country, they're okay at it, but not great at it. I think the fact that they're very open to lo- limiting possessions and playing really high-level high defense is going to be their calling card to being able to lock up this entire conference because, like you said, the margin for error is thin. No, no better way to be able to take a conference away than to strap up on defense. I think that's a huge way to go about things, and I think it's going to help them in the long run. So moving on now to our fifth team in the HBCU spotlight, and we're going to talk about NCANT. Jalen, is this a case like with Grambling, where this team really doesn't have a true star? I have to agree. Um, I would definitely have to agree with that one as well. They're in a really interesting situation where I don't necessarily, unlike Grambling, I feel like they're in a situation where It's a lot more even keeled throughout the board. You know what I mean? They have Cameron Langley and Blake Harris at the top, both averaging double-digit points. They combine for about 21.7 points per game. But then they've got a couple of guys who float just underneath of that. Tyrone Lyons, 8.3 points per game. Tyler May, 8 points per game. Quentin Jones, 7.9. Quay Parker, 7.9. Like, they're easily a team that down the stretch could easily have four or five guys averaging double digits. So if we're talking about simply – you know, the offensive end and putting the ball in the basket. Yes, I guess you could say that that's more of a team-oriented game. But at the end of the day, bro, we know the guy that that leads the ship is Cameron Langley. Because we can talk about the 11.2 points per game that we that all we want to. But it's the 7.4 assists per game on top of the 2.5 steals that really is what is big about where this team goes. Because Cameron Langley is in a really good position right now where as the – Legit floor general for this team. Homegrown kid, by the way. He's out of Greensboro, North Carolina. He's he, he's here to hoop for the hoop for the city. You know, what I mean, he's here to stay. Shooting 50 uh, 45.9% from the floor overall, and he's shooting 
50.3% from three. Now it's on less than one per, one attempt per game. So he's a guy who, when he takes them, he knows he's going to make them. So when he takes them, it's all dead eye. He does not play games. He puts the ball in the basket. And he goes about his business, robs you on the other end, gets another basket, lets you know he can do it on both ends of the floor. So if you had to pick one guy, I think it has to be Cameron Langley because he's a lead steal guy. He's a lead assist guy by the largest margin. The next best guy behind him in terms of assists is Blake Harris with 2.1 assists per game. And he's their leading scorer, even if it's just by even if it's just by a little bit. He's their leading scorer on top of it. He does everything for this team. I think Langley's the guy. Just to touch more on the two guys that you mentioned, Langley and Harris. This is a backcourt that could be dangerous going into the NCAA tournament. Let's talk about Langley for a second. Langley is is actually, even though statistically he's only averaging 11 points a game, he is low-key kind of a bucket getter, Jalen. It's interesting that I say he's kind of an underrated bucket getter considering that he only averages 10 points, close to 11 points a game. But just looking at some of the games that he's performed significantly well in, he put up 11 points and six assists against Charleston Southern. That was a huge win early in the season. Follows that up with a 10 and 10 double double against the Citadel. He ends up putting up a long streak of double digit performances 16 points against Longwood, 11 points against VCU. Nearly has a triple double 20, 20, 16 assists, and nine rebounds against Western Carolina. 12 points, nine assists, and eight rebounds against UNC Greensboro. Back-to-back double-digit performances against South Carolina State. And then in the two most recent games against Florida A&M, 15 points and 10 assists, and then 13 points and 10 assists. So he's shown that he can prove to be a consistent scorer on the offensive side. And then talking about Blake Harris, you mentioned that between the two guys, Langley is a better three-point shooter, but Blake Harris can hold his own too. He's another guy who's put up a couple of, very significant double-digit performances this season. 15 points against Charlotte in the, in the loss. 18 points against South Carolina State. 17 points as well in another game against South Carolina State. 11 points and 10 points in two games against Florida A&M. So he can, he can hold his own as well. So I think those are two guys that can really make the difference for them. I do think, however, that it comes down to a team effort. I think everybody on this team has to step up. Right. I think one of the bigger things that I want to touch on for this team is literally just the winning aspect of how things have been so far this year. I think when you look at the standings, I, and I mentioned that more that Morgan State is nipping at this team's heels. And I think the only thing that's really keeping NCANT in front is their the fact that they're undefeated in conference play. Other than that, Morgan State has a better overall record than them. And, you know, I'm pulling for Morgan State, but I'll say this is we'll say this on top of on top of everything, even with them being first in the MEAC. Um, Morgan State is a significantly dangerous team that's going to be nipping at them pretty much for the rest of the season. I think things are going to start to even themselves out. and It's going to be a battle between those two for who takes the MEAC. But what I will say in favor of uh, NCANT is this. This is a team that can't really remember the last time it's lost. If you go back and you really look at it, bro, the last loss that they've had of the season was just before Christmas against UNC Greensboro. That was the last loss they've ever had. Uh, uh, the, the last loss that they've had uh, so far this season. Since then, they've had games of most recently the back-to-back wins against Florida A&M. 
They had a game where they held Carver, the Carver Cougars, to 46 points, and they went on to put up 112 freaking points in this game. How they went about doing that is beyond me. They had guys coming off the bench putting up double digits. It was so crazy. I think that this is one of those teams that is going to be really interesting down the stretch because of the fact that they have a pretty pretty weak road record, three and five. They're one of those teams that I mentioned when I was talking about how Morgan State was one of only two teams in the MEAC with a, with a plus 500 record on, on the road. NCAA A&T falls into that line of teams in the MEAC that do not have a good record on the road. So I think with that being the case, NCAA A&T has their, has their work cut out for them for certain. I think they're going to be one of those teams that's going to be sweating most of the season because of the fact that they know that Morgan State is right behind them. But I will say this. This is a team that can put a ball, put the ball in the basket. 76.8 points per game. It is only fourth in the conference, but they're second in the conference in steals per game, third in assists per game, second in free throw attempts, and first in two-point field goal percentage at nearly 60%. So they got a couple of things going for them, but you know who I'm pulling for in the midst of all of this. When it comes to the MIAC, it's bear down all day. So moving on now to our last team in the HBCU spotlight, and we're going to talk about Hampton. This team is very talented. They have four double-digit scores, but their current record is 8-10. and 10. Jalen, what do you think they have to improve on in order to make the NCAA tournament? I mean, man, that one's rough because of the fact that I don't really know exactly what, can you, what you can actually upgrade soon enough to really tread any kind of water. Winthrop and Radford, and you can even say UNC Asheville to a certain extent, are the three teams at the top that are really significantly ahead in a way that's going to be really hard to pull in front. Winthrop is 14-1 and in the conference, 17-1 and overall, with their only loss being a home loss, meaning they're undefeated on the road at 7-0. and Radford is 12-3, and 13-8 overall in the conference, and they're, oh, they're 500 exactly on the road, but they're 7-1 and at home, which means a just like going up to Oak Hill Academy, you do not mess with them when you step in their gym at all. And then UNC Asheville is 9-5 and in the conference. 10 and nine overall, six and three at home, four and six away. They're a little bit more gettable, but Hampton, seven and six in the conference, eight and 10 overall, like you mentioned beforehand, three and five at home and five and five away. So you almost, you almost think because of all this COVID stuff, they're just into road trips or something because of the fact that they just seem to perform a lot better on the road. I think one of the things that we have to take a look at when we talk about them being a legitimate threat within their conference, I think the only thing that we can really touch on is the fact that they're the best defense in terms of field goal percentage in the conference, holding teams to 40.4% from the field. I think that's probably their best bet. Outside of that, they don't really thrive in anything in particular. You know what I mean? They're one of the worst teams in their conference scoring-wise at 73 point uh, in terms of allowing scoring. 73.3 points per game to their 71.1 points per game, which they average. So they're, I mean, just from a defensive standpoint, they lit up more points than they score on average within their conference. That's going to lead to a lot more conference losses than, than you would like. Their calling card is that they lead the conference in blocks per game and rebounds per game. So they'd like to dominate the boards. They they're that's, that's, that's where their bread and butter is. I think when you look at this team overall, Let's not let's not sugarcoat it. 6'6, 210 pounds. Ryan, 
Davion Warren is a problem. He's a problem and a half, my dude. 21.6 points per game, 6.7 rebounds per game, 3.1 assists, 2.1 steals, shooting 55.8% from two, 46% from the floor. This is a guy who could have been in our HBCU Unsung Hoopers episode and probably will end up in it later down the line because he is the driving force by a long shot. It would take Chris Shelton and Russell Dean, the two guys right behind him, combined to average more points than what Davion Warren is putting up for this team right now. Not to mention God, Marquise Godwin, who's off also averaging double digits with 10.1 points of his own. So Davion Warren is that dude for this team. If there's any standout for this squad, any chance of them being able to make a run, it's going to be on Davion Warren's back. This is tough because there's a lot of talent on this team, and it starts with Davion Warren and just looking statistically throughout a lot of his games, 32-15-5 in one game against UNC Asheville. He just goes on a stretch where he's averaging over 20 points a game, 22 and eight against UNC Asheville again, 34 and eight against SC Upstate, 27 and eight against Upstate, SC Upstate again, 21 and five against High Point, 28 and four and four assists as well against High Point again. And then closes out with 13 points and seven rebounds. And the loss to Presbyterian, he kind of struggled shooting from the field in that game, only 36% shooting. But it helps when your supporting cast is putting up consistent scoring numbers. Chris Shelton, you mentioned averaging close to 12 points a game, two and a half rebounds, shooting 52% from the floor. Russell Dean, 10.6 points a game, 4.3 rebounds, 6.4 assists. 37 and a half shooting from the field. And then Marquise Godwin averaging 10 points a game, close to four rebounds. He's not the most efficient shooter, but in some games he's gotten it done. 13 points in the win against SC Upstate, put up 20 and seven in the win against High Point. This team has a lot of talent. There's time for this team to turn it around. Yeah, and I hope Hampton can hear us. They're up 20 to 14 against Presbyterian as we speak, trying to get their get back as we're recording this um, today. And hopefully they can hear us when it comes to this, because honestly, I think they're the team that could definitely be significantly dangerous with the kind of talent they have across the board. I genuinely have to be honest when I say that I don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to overtake a team like Winthrop or even Radford within this conference. I just think it's going to be just too difficult for them to do. But at the end of the day, I think they can give a lot of teams some run for their money. And if we really take a look at what they've got coming up, They've got a couple of they've got a couple of chances to make some noise. They end the season off with Winthrop back to back as their final two games before the conference tournament um, would begin. So I think they're in a really significant situation right now where you could easily argue that they can make some noise. And I don't know about running the table, but I do think that they're going to be a team that's going to prove that they could be a significantly dangerous squad going into the into their conference tournament and that's where it really matters because again when we're talking about these hbcu teams winning the conference tournament is going to mean way more than what you do in the regular season the regular season will determine your seedings and that is great but when we're talking about trying to make the ncaa tournament 
It's your run in the conference tournament that's going to really make your name. And they have the kind of talent across the board that could that could easily lead them. I don't want to say easily because there's some dangerous teams at the top, but it could definitely lead them down the path to being a final two, final four team in their conference tournament and make some legit, some legit, legit noise as a potential finalist and maybe even a winner of their conference and go on to the NCAA tournament. But it's all going to have to depend on that talent, man. It's got all, it's definitely all going to have to do with that talent because, you know, other than that, the record doesn't speak very much in their favor at the moment. Like you said before, that's a good transition to our question of the day for our fans. Out of the teams that we've talked about today, which team do you believe has the best chance of making the NCAA tournament? This has been a great episode today on the Hoop Talk podcast. Of course, make sure when you subscribe to us on Apple, you rate our podcast five stars and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you guys next episode. Peace.